choosing between the good and the bad. Anybody can do that. You can do that without God. But the high road is choosing between the good and the best, and always choosing the best. Welcome back to the Baptist Friends Broadcast with Dr. Clarence Sexton, where we gather around truth, friendship, and world evangelism. Today he speaks on what is Baptist Friends, and now here is Pastor Sexton. All of us have a story to tell. <laughs> Your story may be more interesting than my story, or my story may be interesting to you. But I have a story to tell. It's about how God has worked in my life. I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as a 14-year-old boy. Honestly, for the first time, someone took me aside and explained the gospel to me. And they explained the way of salvation in Christ and Christ alone. I recognized that I was lost, separated from God because of my sin, that Christ paid my sin debt. He died for me. And when he died for me, he was buried, rose from the dead, and offered salvation. And they told me that I could ask God to forgive my sin and trust Christ's payment for my sin debt and come to know the Lord Jesus as my personal Savior. And I, I believe what they said is they explained all of this to me from the Bible. And so I bowed my head that Wednesday evening after the evening church service someone had invited me to, and I, I came to know Christ as my Savior. I went home, told my mother. She said to me, that's, that's very good. And that was the beginning of a journey that included a, a working relationship with a local church. I was saved. The next week I was baptized. I became a member of that church. It was the first Baptist church in Maryville, Tennessee, and Dr. J. William Harbin was my pastor. I had everything to learn, absolutely everything. I remember even holding a songbook in my hand and and thinking uh, you you would sing one line and then the line underneath it for the second. And I, I had everything to learn. When they passed the offering plate, I wondered what that was all about. Can you imagine someone coming into your church service and knowing absolutely nothing? Well, that's the way I was, I'm, I'm sorry to say. And God began to deal with my life. And I think all the time about people like that, if we really had people in our churches— what would they be thinking? Sometime in the future, I want to talk to you about the right kind of worship and the right kind of evangelism and discipleship and Christian ministry. But um, when I became a member of that church, I recognized there were other churches, as we say today, who had like faith. It was the same kind of church. I became a member of a Southern Baptist church. The Southern Baptist Convention was a convention of churches— thousands of churches I came to learn. And in our association, there were over 80 churches. And as God began to deal with me, and I surrendered my life to the Lord when I was 17 years old, so that's another story. But when I surrendered my life to the Lord, God began to guide me and speak to me. I was attending a, a crusade, a citywide crusade. All the churches in that association of Baptist churches were working to put on that crusade. And they invited a man by the name of Dr. C.E. Autry. I was so impressed with the man. I think because he was an older man. Of course, everybody was older then to me, but he was an older man. And he had such enthusiasm about Christ and the Bible. And I was just, I guess the word is almost enthralled 
as I sat and listened to him. And I thought if I ever preach, if I ever become a preacher, that's the kind of preacher I'd want to be. So night after night, I listened to him. And then one night after the meeting, I went home and I got on my knees and I knew God was dealing with me. And I surrendered my life to be a, to be a, a preacher, a preacher of the gospel. I called my pastor, Dillard Hagen. He loved me, and I knew he'd be glad to hear from me, even though it was very late in the night. And when he answered the phone, he did not act annoyed at all, and he said the kindest thing. He said, well, Clarence, I'm not surprised that God has called, called you to preach. That made me feel so good about the whole thing because I, I grew up in a broken home. My father was a professional gambler. My mother had to work to raise four kids. And I thought preachers' kids became preachers and, you know, doctors' kids became doctors and lawyers' kids became lawyers. You know the story. But I really believe that God had put a burden in my heart to preach his word. Brother Hagen came out and said, um, I'm on a radio broadcast this week and you can speak for me in the morning. Oh, my. And I went in that morning to the radio station it was about a 10- or 12-minute broadcast. I still have the recording because as I was going out the door, the radio announcer handed me a, a reel-to-reel recording of it. And it's pitiful, absolutely pitiful. But I, I got started. And then because I had been known as a, a ball player in high school, when people heard that the Lord had called me into the ministry, they wanted me to come and give a testimony, which built into sermons and finally special meetings, and I learned that a lot of these churches work together. They believe the same thing for the most part, and they work together. This was all new to me. And then there was a great battle, a great battle over the Bible in the Southern Baptist Convention, especially over the inerrancy of Scripture. I never had any question about whether the Bible is the Word of God and was absolutely without error. But by this time, my wife and I were listening to this and we, we decided we could not continue in this battle because our minds were made up. And we couldn't support a school or a seminary that didn't believe the Bible's the Word of God or would pay the salaries of someone who didn't believe the Bible's the Word of God. As a boy, I had gone to the Highland Park Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee, because we lived in 19 different places before I was in the third grade. Went six weeks in the first grade to two different schools, and then finally— uh, stayed out of school the whole second grade and back to the third grade in Maryville, Tennessee. But um, when when I was a boy living in Chattanooga at one time, I was taken on a bus to the Highland Park Baptist Church. So I had this this uh, this recollection that there was a great church there that was known as an independent Baptist church. And by this time, I'd found out a little more about it. And so my wife and I went to visit there. And when we did, we were overwhelmed at what God was doing. Churches do have influence, just like people have influence. And we made a decision that I would leave the Southern Baptist Convention and become an independent Baptist, basically because of what we experienced at the Highland Park Baptist Church in Chattanooga and what we came to know about this loving pastor, Lee Robertson, who pastored the church. Well, I found out that there were other independent Baptist churches, but they didn't have an association of of our denomination, our denominationalism, like the Southern Baptists. There's a lot to say about that, but I'm trying to lead to something. So all of my life, I felt like that some people could work together 
and encourage others. And you could help struggling churches maybe get over a hump or help them become a model church or help them do a better job of, of reaching people, of ministering to, to older people, uh, whatever the case may have been, uh, a better job of providing something from the Word of God that people could teach. And I got this idea long ago that we ought to be, be friends with one another and practice that friendship. So hence, we now have come to the point of saying Baptist friends. What is a Baptist friends and what are Baptist friends? And I prayed and sought the Lord and came to this idea that we would we would have three things we emphasize. One is truth. And I think my relationship about the battle over the Bible and the inerrancy of Scripture brought me to that, that all of us who work together ought to have the idea that we're gathered around the truth, the truth. The Bible is the sole authority for our faith and practice. I've now been preaching 52 years, so I have a lot of collective ideas about things. But let's keep it simple in simplicity and godly sincerity. The truth. Do you believe the truth? The truth. You can't separate God and the truth because God is before all things. And then friendship. The Lord Jesus spent a great deal of time talking to his disciples about friendship. As a matter of fact, when you read the gospel according to John, chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, into chapter 17, the high priestly prayer of Christ, you find in the 15th chapter of, of the gospel according to John that Jesus was bearing down with his disciples on the matter of friendship. And he, he actually revealed three elements of it. We could talk about that later. But he placed this kind of emphasis on friendship and on being friends and having friendship. It's a gift God gives, just like God gives language and God gives other things. He gives this gift of friendship, and we can be friends to one another and encourage one another with friendship. And then, of course, we've all been assigned the responsibility of world evangelism. So truth, friendship, world evangelism. World evangelism is not some good idea man had. It came from the very heart of God. It began with God. And the Lord Jesus actually said, as the Father sent him, even so he sends us. And so he does in this work of world evangelism. And I believe we can help one another in this matter of truth, moving this, this body of truth, this irreducible body of truth from one generation to the next. And I believe that we can, we can prop one another up, pray for one another, and hold one another up, and encourage one another in the matter of friendship. And then all of us need to be engaged in world evangelism. So why would we have Baptist friends? I learned something very interesting years ago when I was traveling in England about the Reformation. I take the same position Spurgeon takes on the Reformation. We didn't, we didn't come out of it. We were never in the Catholic Church, so we didn't come out of it. But in England, the Reformation came from the top down. In Scotland, the Reformation started from the bottom up. And in the matter of Baptist friends, my heart concern is helping a local assembly with truth, friendship, and world evangelism, helping any local assembly, all of us working together to help any local assembly be more of the model church that God wants it to be. Recently, I was preaching in a place where people are struggling. The church is very small. 
And of course, most people want to measure a church by its size, but the Lord measures a church by its sort. And so our real measure is in our, in our likeness to Jesus Christ. And though small in number, a church can be a Christ-like body of believers. It is his body on earth. And Baptist friends can encourage one another in that. I want that small assembly to grow and reach other people, but if it never reaches some great number that people might imagine it ought to reach if it's going to really be a church, it can be a powerful, a powerful force for God because it is his body. It is the pillar and ground of the truth. Uh, they do love one another. It is a local assembly of baptized believers who have voluntarily joined themselves together to carry out the Great Commission. There are just so many wonderful things that are in that assembly. Paul sought out such an assembly in Jerusalem. He wanted to be a part of it because now he was a believer. And uh, there are churches all over this country and all around the world that can be encouraged and helped. And that's what Baptist Friends is all about. I'm going to talk to you a little more specifically about how we can do that the next time we talk. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Baptist Friends broadcast. Never miss an episode by subscribing today. And join us next time as we continue to gather around truth, friendship, and world evangelism.